Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is your episode. This is your episode. This is my episode. This is our episode 83 of our show. Uh, we want to welcome you to our land of Bracago. I want to say what's up to my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the dude who is the Nightwing to my Batman, the power to my fist, the iron to my man, my man, Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm I'm great. Uh, Holy G. Willikers, Batman. I am I am Dick Grayson. There's no other person uh, I would rather be climbing up the rope on the side of the building than you, sir. Oh, okay. Word. And we like we climb up the rope, and we we pop open the doors, and there's Sharif Jackson and Evan Narcisse, and then Adam Sessler. I'm sure that I'm sure that Adam though would would like secretly love to have been one of the the people to pop up through. I could see him doing that, popping up through <laughs> the the floor slash wall as as uh, Batman and 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 uh, Robin climb up the vertical wall from the sixty six uh, from the sixties Batman show. I kind of wish that I was one of the like minions because I always thought the minions had they didn't have really important parts just to get punched in the face, right? But they always made really good faces at the camera when they got hit. Yes, and they they had great lines. They had great henchman lines yeah the henchmen were, were real good in that show yeah. how, yeah. how are you doing how was your week oh uh, the week was week was great um it, the the wonderful thing about it was being able to um listen to listen back to the show and listen to the feedback from the show uh from this past week um and <clears throat> and and also to be able to uh sit down and eat some pancakes and watch Lumberjack Man <laughs> while eating pancakes was, I mean, heaven must be like this. It, it, it must be. It must be yeah. people yeah. running around like madness and mad people running around. <laughs> it's like running away from killers and stuff. I have no uh, words. I have no words. It was so good. I have no words. My only word is, <laughs> let me say, in in House Adams, that one part, and, and I can't. And the, so here's the crazy thing. So I, I'm looking at the movie, and I'm watching it, and I see that one part. And you know how you just have a visceral reaction to something, right? And you just don't know what to do with yourself. That one scene <laughs> made me laugh so hard. Oh. Every time, because it's the it's 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 the blink, it's the blink. <laughs> if you don't know what this scene is, you need to download or stream Lumberjack Man, and you need to wait. There's this big, uh, uh, big banquet hall scene, and you need to see what we're talking about because it is the funniest shit I've seen in a long time, and it's still I have it on my phone. Right. Yes, I, I have it on my phone, and I watch it when it ma- when I'm down. I watch it, yes. and it makes me instantly happy it, again. Every every single time, it, it, and but you have to see it in context first, right? In order for it to be hilarious out of context. Uh, Adam Sessler, uh, our guest from last week, 
Um, first and foremost, thanks again so much for, for coming and hanging out. Uh, thanks for sharing Friday the 13th, the game. And and thanks for putting us on to Lumberjack Man. And, you know, I, I'm of course, I'm going to support all of our, you know, if a Bracagoan has uh, some some new piece of anything out, I'm going to support them because they're, you know, they're from my hometown. They're from Bracago. But um, the fact is that it was great. Lumberjack Man was great. Um, even I, I rented it for six bucks mm-hmm. off of on my Xbox. Um, but I'm thinking I may go back and buy it for ten because I want to see it again. And my rental time is over. So now I will have spent fifteen, sixteen bucks on uh, on Lumberjack Man. But it is it is pretty fucking great. It was worth it. It's it's, it's definitely it's definitely worth ten bucks. It's worth it. I might I might um, have to cop it too because I rented it too. But so yeah, I, I may have yeah. to cop it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, great job, Adam. Great job, Adam, and great job to <laughs> to Ed Ed Kono, who uh, I may have just pronounced his name wrong. But he was a writer on the show, and he was a gentleman that I went and hung out with um, some weeks ago and had whiskey with. We had like a whiskey tour. Oh, uh, nice! And hung out and chilled with he, with he and some other folks. So, right Ed, Ed it was a writer on the sh- on on the movie, and it, it came out pretty damn well. That's pretty dope. Oh, well, good job, Ed. Good job, Ed. Great, great writing. He was a writer. He was a writer on um, what was the World War Two game from Ubisoft? The with World War Two Valiant Hearts. Valiant Hearts. Yep, he was a writer on Valiant Hearts. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. nice. Shout out to him. Nice. Uh, shout out to the folks over at Gun Media and uh, the Friday Thirteenth game, Ilphonic, yeah, Ilphonic, and the rest of those cats. Because uh, your Kickstarter, we have to go and kind of support this. Because right. besides the fact that we loved Adam and all the stuff you talked about on the game, which I think we did get some exclusives that other shows might not have gotten in his in his world tour of running around the country trying to promote. Um, right. But they're up to five hundred and thirteen thousand as of this recording. Uh, they still haven't hit their seven hundred thousand dollar goal yet, and it looks like they'll have by the time this goes up, maybe around you know seventeen, sixteen days left to support. So uh, please back this game. Uh, I've been writing that hashtag everywhere. Hashtag back this game, um, and um, let's see if we can get this bad boy funded because I think it will be really awesome if it does. Plus, we we you know let's not only just get it funded, but let's let's try and hit this hit the stretch goals as well because yeah. there are a lot of really cool things as as adam was saying here on the show um there are a lot of really cool things that uh that if they can hit those stretch goals that may may be added to the game that would be really great to see so word so support that bad boy support support adam as a a minister of health uh minister of health uh minister of health for bracago so yeah we want to make sure that that gets pushed out there um i was down in san francisco this week you were uh, doing some work things, and um, it was really interesting. I was walking around. We were in a section called the Tenderloin section of San yes, Francisco. Yes, Tenderloin. And um, it, it, the one takeaway I will have from my San Francisco trip, and it makes me want to go back really, really soon, is you know when you think about San Fran, I remember lots of conversations around Kevin Rose when he was down in San Fran making that Google mm-hmm. money, right? And uh, how how wealthy. Uh, folks were were in that space in the tech space because I think of tech and I think of San Francisco they go hand in hand at this point they do absolutely but man the disparity between the rich and poor in San Francisco yeah. is crazy yeah yeah 
like the 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 poor people in San Fran. It kind of broke my heart a little bit this week because it's just it reminded me of the seventies and eighties blown in, out in Bronx. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like folks are yeah. walking around. It's a lot of mental illness, a lot of drug use, a lot of a, a lot of um, uh, people who are just in a bad way. And then you go up, you know, twenty minutes away by car, and it's pristine. Right. It's like. Right. pristine every which way that you can possibly think about it and it's just a it's, i don't know it hit me really hard this week um thinking about that and thinking about how lucky we are to be able to be talking about gaming every week and talk about you know the the, the issues that we have but in the greater sense you know what we actually see during our daily lives and the, you know i'm in portland it's very different here our homeless are treated very very differently than um homeless population is treated very, very differently than they are in other countries, other um, other countries in other parts of the, our country, um, and it's just really hard to to kind of see folks in such a bad way, and knowing that it's really hard, you can't do as much as you can to help. So, if you have, if you know some folks who are running organizations or or, or some charities that you know can help um, with with the homeless, please go out and, and help them out. I know Kiva Bay is is an advocate who you know if you ever check out kiva bay's work and her beautiful art right. she's always she's always looking at dope stuff that, that, that can make that that they can make that space even more helpful so uh, check her stuff out and also you know see what you can do in your neighborhood and in your in your local spaces yeah uh, uh san fran a uh, shout out to kiva um kiva bay but uh san fran san francisco and the bay area is is definitely one of my favorite places to uh visit and aspire to live however you know you would be remiss if you didn't acknowledge the fact that basically uh san francisco is the is the full embodiment of the great gatsby now it's you know it's essentially f f scott fitzgerald's uh uh detailing of what new york used to be in in the flesh i mean there's there are separate buses for um, the plebes and and the essentially the aristocracy, which is you know the or the technocracy, um, as I create words, um, it's 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 a really 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 weird place, um, and and hopefully they get better about making sure that they take care of the people that that live there, you know the full inhabitants of that wonky place that's called San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but it was a good week. Uh, we'll pivot. It was a good week for the show. Uh, <clears throat> I think we did really, really well on our numbers. Um, and we got a lot of folks kind of looking at us. And we were in some heavy, uh, not competition, but heavy uh, rotation with some other folks. Uh, we did uh, hit the pass. Uh, we yes. did the Press Row no, Podcast, we, I should say. Press Row, yeah, Press Row Podcast. Press Row Podcast. So shout out to, to Brian Weedye and to Rich Grisham for having us on. Uh, I believe that that is up and live uh, already. Yes, it is. Um, I was on the uh, the show radio with Andrew Alliance. Shout out to Andrew yes. Alliance at Uriah on Twitter. Uriah. I did my first Blab podcast or, or Blab recording uh, with him. And here, here's the thing is, and I want you to support this young brother because I think that he is doing some really um, awesome work. Um, he's super positive. It's it's one of those things that when you get off of a recording or you do a show with someone and you feel good, like you get good vibes about yourself and about the show that you were just on and the host and all that stuff. And the conversation was great. We talked about Halo, uh, a little bit of Assassin's Creed. 
um, and we talked about um, a little bit of spawn on me and talking about what we do in the space and and, and how we're kind of making moves. So please give that brother the the show radio uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, check their their Twitter feed out as well. Um, yeah, give them give them some love. Show show them that you give them uh, some props out there too. Listen to his stuff. He's he's real dope. Yeah, yeah, word up. Word. Um, well, so we, you know, we don't have guests on on this week, um, which is a, a rarity for Bricago. Um, but I think right now we should just break it down. Break it down. So we had a couple of good stories. I know you had some stuff that you really wanted to kind of get and talk about. See, so you want you want to start that off? Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, first things first, let's talk I about the freaks all the honeys. No, right, I'm right, sorry. right. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help uh, it. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I mean, I, I set it up. You knock them down. That's true. Um, so uh, uh, Assassin's Creed has released uh, released a week ago. I know Halo Five is is releasing today, and unfortunately, on on in both instances, we haven't received advanced copies, so we can't tell Bricago how good or not good or great or whatever they they both are. Um, but uh, Assassin's Creed has been released. The reviews are in. The reviews are very very positive. Um, but I had a problem when it was time to actually click the buy button on the buy and the download button on my consoles. Um, I've been, I I won't say that I've been burned by Assassin's Creed because I didn't buy last year's version. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't part of the people that got to see the, the crazy, they live faces and all that other stuff. But, (laughs) um, but what I've realized is that I just there's there's been very little interest on my part to go and play Assassin's Creed uh, in in a very long time. And um, I, so what I decided to do before I played or before I decided to buy Syndicate, I decided that I was going to play some Black Flag. So I pulled Black Flag out and I started playing it. And I was, you know, I was enjoying myself for about an hour. And then after about an hour, I was like, okay, I'm done. And and then, you know, and then I went away. And maybe I'll go back. But I don't know if I'm going to buy Syndicate. So my question is, even if Assassin's Creed Syndicate is good, does anybody care? Do you care? Um, it's, I don't know. It's hard because Assassin's Creed at this point feels like it's gone to the well too many times. And that is a little bit, um, not helpful because, you know, the game itself kind of lost me around two. Right. Well, actually, what was, what was the one that, that, that featured the, the, the Native American indigenous background? With Connor? With Connor. Uh, That was Was Assassin's Creed 4. That tells you how much I don't remember because they have done at least probably what, two or three games since then? Right. So like, that's when they lost me last was when that was the last game that I played. It was great. I liked it a lot. I, I was super excited because it had that, because it had that specific background. But past that, 
you know, I haven't really played any more Assassin's Creed. The the people talk about the convoluted story of Metal Gear. Assassin's Creed has a convoluted motherfucking story. It does. It does. And that's that's the thing that you know, it is no longer my thing. It hasn't done enough. Uh, it hasn't had enough changes in it besides what I remember was the the naval combat. And Black, Flag. Uh, and Black Flag to really make it that different that I would say, let me jump into it. Now, I'm hearing good things about Syndicate. I'm um, hearing good things about the, the combat being a little bit more fluid and the kind of branching uh, that they do with their story and their narrative has been pretty good. Plus, they have um, Evie, who is the, the one of the protagonists, which is great because, uh, you know, female protagonists are always right. welcome. Mm-hmm. We want that. Um, but besides that, I haven't really seen anything that's made me say, "Woo, I need to go kick that, kick out my dough for that." When Fallout's coming out, when right. you know all these other games that I've been kind of right. dying for have been, have been getting ready to hit. So, what right. are you, what are you thinking? Well, you know, I I know that we know um, a few people that have gotten um, more than a, a, some early hands-ons. Um, obviously, the the guys over at GTR were able to go to or invited out to London. And and really got some in-depth information about uh, Assassin's Creed and, and, you know, our good friend Paris, who is who's crying Jordan tears right now because FSU uh, lost yesterday, um, really had some great things to say about the game. And um, so I I don't I, I know this much. I know that I'm definitely not getting it right now. It's too late. Right. It's too late. Um, you know, we're we're on the cusp of Halo. Halo is going to get my time and attention uh, until Fallout comes out and Tomb Raider comes out on the same day. Um, and, you know, and then I'm wondering, questioning whether or not I'm going to get Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. We've got um, Star Wars Battlefront on on the horizon. You know, all of these games we're talking, you know, we're talking four or five triple a tentpole games being released in the next two or three weeks so there's there's no time for me to purchase this game right now or or there's no reason for me to purchase this game right now because there's no time for me to play it so um i won't play it now i won't get it now maybe i'll wait until it's on sale yeah that seems like it's probably going to be the thing for me because we are probably going to be going really hard on halo um, come come today <laughs> when you're listening right. to this. And we also have a Halo group uh, on the new website that they have out there on Bungie's site. So if you want to be down not with Bungie's site, 343. I'm sorry, 343 site. Um, yeah. yeah, so we have a group up there if you want to rock with us and then get perks and all that cool stuff. Uh, check it out up there. It's the Spawn on Me podcast or Spawn right. on Me up in there. So do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so basically, basically there there's a lot of apathy and uh and or at least there's apathy between me and Ka on Assassin's Creed and and kind of if I if I've had a sense of the community I think there's a lot of apathy for those people that were kind of on the fringes of uh of the Assassin's Creed uh in you know in the Assassin's Creed Venn diagram bubble um and and you know maybe they need to wait a year or two uh, between games and uh, speaking of apathy and maybe they should have waited um, <laughs> <laughs> Warner Brothers Interactive has come out and said that they are finally set to re- re-release 
the Batman Arkham Knight PC release, uh, PC version, I think on October 29th, 28th, October 28th, uh, they are releasing this. So that's Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Um, They're set to re-release it. um, And, you know, if you guys remember... Arkham Knight was released on Jan- on June 23rd on all all platforms PC, PS4, uh Xbox One and on the PC it was unplayable. Uh it, it was just plagued with bugs and what have you and they wound up removing a Steam wound up removing it from the store. Um and now they're coming back with it. They've they are giving People who buy the game now on PC, all of the DLC, if you have the season pass, you're getting all of the DLC, which you would have gotten anyway because you bought the season pass. Um, But the question is, will anybody care? Will anybody buy the game? Um, And will people will people trust WB? If you're a PC owner, will you trust WB to to make a game um, in the future or will you buy a game in the future? And I guess my question to you guys, is this enough? Is this, is this enough of a, a mea culpa? Is this a, enough of a uh, extension of the olive branch for the PC users who have bought the game? I think the, the Batman Arkham Knight for PC should be called the Kendrick Lamar boo-boo version. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is what I think it is because it's boo-boo. Um, it's, I, you, can't, you can't fuck up as hard as they fucked up and then expect people to come back and buy your game. Because at this point, there is no zeitgeist left. Like Anybody who cared about that game either played it on console or watched it streamed on whatever streaming mm-hmm. service of choice. So... There really is no mea culpa that they can pull at this point besides giving it away for free. And they're not going to do it because they need right. to make money on it because it was a big ass game. Um, yeah. And it su- the people who I feel the worst for, honestly, are um, Rocksteady because Rocksteady was like people were super excited that they were going to come back out with a game. And right. people who were on PC, you know, they were even more excited because they knew it was going to look really pretty. And then they got this boo boo version of the game. So. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's. It, I doubt that it's going to make any waves. I doubt it's going to make any make up for any sales that they lost before. Um, I would like to see if it actually works. That would be cool to see if they got their stuff together and and hopefully. I'm not sure if if Iron Galaxy r- had more time to work on it or if they shipped it to another studio to work on it or if they took it back in house and fixed it. Um, but whomever whoever has it, they have they don't really have that much pressure now at this point, you know, it just has oh. to be working. Well, right. Well, I mean, that's the thing is you've got to make sure that it works. If, if I mean, it, it's got to work. I mean, it's got to work, but no one's going to go like who, like this will be the, the interesting thing. We'll see if this picks up during a steam sale. That's the, that's right. the real telltale part. Right. Telltale part is if during steam sales, if this gets dropped down, like most steam sales will do on games that are at this point, this old, Mm-hmm if people go back and cop it. Right. You know what I mean? Or if people play it to kind of see if it's actually working again. So, well, 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 I mean, yeah, the, the the interesting thing is the fact that they're re-releasing it at 50 bucks. That's crazy. 
uh, that's eyes. nuts too. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and 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 then secondly, you know, especially given the, given the history of the game, given the fact that the game was released in June, almost six months ago, uh, initially, and then given the history, the fact that they released it for fifty bucks again is is really really strange to me. And then the other thing is is the fact that uh, W you know WB hasn't given uh you know they're not giving the people that purchased the game initially on PC some some type of nice gift like if if I were them if I wanted to keep everyone in the fold I would have given away Mad Max for for the PC the PC people who purchased Batman and you know at launch or in that launch window while it was still broken, mm-hmm. I would have given them Mad, Mad Max. I mean, we saw that with Origin, right? Origin did that when I forgot what game was broken, or it might have Sim just City. been this. Right. They gave away yeah. a free game. And, right. And, then... and, uh, uh, and Ubisoft did the same thing with when Assassin's Creed last year, when Assassin's Creed Liberation was, was broken. Uh, they did the same thing. They gave, gave away copies of The Crew. Right. Another much maligned game. Another so. stel- stellar title. <laughs> that everyone really loved. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't that bad, but mm, you know, it wasn't that great. I think that may. Yeah. I, I think I need. I need a soundboard that Sound just says right. boo boo. The boo boo soundboard. Um, yeah, I, I, so, I wonder though. I wonder if, again, like you said, does anyone care? Do they right. think that anyone's going to like really go back and try to play this game? Right. I doubt it. I don't think it's going to happen. It'll be nice if it does, but without without that extra hey, come back because I'm giving you something for free. Right. I think I think people have moved on. Like everyone's going to be playing Fallout come come in a couple of weeks. So right. Yeah. You know, that's um, going to be the PC game that everyone's going to be playing. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's it is known. Um yeah, I mean the fact is the fact is that we doubt that anybody's going to buy it. Um and and speaking of games that no one bought, there is this game called uh, NBA Live <laughs> on uh, from EA Sports. I feel and... like the Imperial March should play <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's like it's, this first this first part of the show should just be called Boo Boo. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all these games are Boo Boo. Um, so NBA Live released the same day that NBA 2K released. Uh, this is the second year for NBA Live uh, on the uh, current-gen consoles. And this this year, I think the sales are worse than last year. And if you guys really want an in-depth conversation about NBA Live, I, I, I um, suggest that you take a listen to our appearance on uh, the Press Road podcast. Uh, with Rich Grisham and Brian Weedai. Um it's we really we really kind of go in depth. Um, but the but the things that you can take away, the takeaways that you can get from it are that there have been less than ten thousand copies of NBA Live purchased. Um, so, somewhere around eight thousand. That's allegedly uh, right. Right, allegedly. Um, Allegedly, based on some some guys on NeoGAF doing some extrapolations from the MPD numbers, um, and, you know. So yes, yeah, so you kind of have to wear your tinfoil hat when you when you get these numbers. But it but they they tend to be somewhat accurate. 
that around 8,000 copies of NBA Live uh, have been purchased. And I, I, I would say that they, they must be accurate because I am one of the 8,000 copies that have been sold of uh, NBA Live. I really... <laughs> I, <laughs> they could have signed it. It could have been a limited r- r- edition r- run. Limited edition run, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you were um, 17 of 8,000. Right, right. If I could only sell my copy of, of Live on eBay for 500 bucks like uh, a Pip-Boy. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing... So the thing is, I bought... I, I played the demo, the Pro-Am demo of NBA Live, and I really, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it so much that I pre-ordered the game, and um, I still enjoy NBA Live's Pro Am, their live run, whatever you know, whatever they call it, is very, very similar to uh, what Two K is doing in the My Park area. It's a little bit different from uh, NBA Two uh, K's Pro Am, but but it is it's fun. And the other thing uh, about live that's great for casuals in quotes is that the game is more accessible than the very, very simp heavy uh, 2K. It's the controls are more accessible than than 2K. 2K is very sim heavy when it comes to learning the controls and really understanding uh, the minutia of how things how things operate. Um, But when you go into the pro am talking about live. Uh, it tells you how many users are online, and frequently, uh, I've never seen the user the user count over two hundred. Never seen it over two hundred. Um, and you know, generally speaking, if you go to one of these sports games and they say how many users are online, it's usually in the four digits, at least in the four digits. Most of the time, in the five, depending on on the uh, the popularity of the game. This this game is I've never seen it over 200. Uh, Generally speaking, when I go on, it's 60, 80, um, 50 people uh, that are are, that are playing online. So um, it, it definitely kind of indicates that there that there weren't many people that purchased this game and uh, and and that is it's not doing well. Um, I guess my question to you, Ka, is because I know that you you didn't purchase the game. Um, do you think that there will be an NBA Live 17? Um, hmm, that's an interesting question. I I I hope so. I hope so. Like I <laughs> again, it's like I want there to be competition. I think competition just breeds better games for all of us. I think the things that I did play at E3. Um, did get me excited for the game. You know, Rich Rich brought up on the show, he was like, yeah, you were excited, but you didn't buy it. I was like, yeah, I wasn't that excited enough. It's <laughs> like, I, I'm excited initially when I get to play things because I'm really excited to just like get hands-on before other people and all that stuff is great. But when you, when you, you don't market it in a way that gets me excited, like, I, I'll say this, for as much as 2K usually gets crapped on because they do bad promotion, as far as things being uh, uh, shown super late or like really close to launch. Right. They have galvanized their community in a way that they don't need to do a lot of PR for their stuff because people will do PR for them. Their YouTube, their YouTube community is really strong. Their, their machinima community is really strong. Shout out to shady and, and, and the rest of the cats out there who are doing dope stuff. Um, but 
you know, they already figured out that one bringing people in from the community, as we've seen with Nino and and Scott O'Gallagher, um, the czar, if you don't know who right. Nino is, uh, uh, Chicago's minister of physical education. Yes, the minister of physical ed. Uh, you know, they have figured out ways to kind of bolster that throughout the year by having stuff kind of dragged out. And the problem that uh, EA had was that they showed some stuff. It wasn't super great to begin with. They showed a couple of mechanics. I think that their E3 showing wasn't that great as far as what they showed on stage. Because um, that was a time where they should have showed gameplay. And they, yeah, they just and they showed didn't. you how to scan your face. Which worked really well, by the way. I, I mean, it worked so well that I want 2K to take it up. Like, I want right. 2K to steal it. Right, right. Um, but they just didn't do enough to kind of garner that want. You see, and it's interesting. Like, I want people at home to to kind of pay attention to if you aren't if you aren't already. Who are the companies who are that, that have games that you're excited about, and how much of their PR is actually pushing out towards you on a consistent kind of drip feed? You know, Battlefield Battlefront is doing that really hard, and you can see it even in in internally in EA, which 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 uh. Which franchises are getting a push and which ones aren't? You know, like Battlefront's getting a big push. Um, 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 Plants vs. Zombies is getting a big push. Uh, all those, all those other franchises are getting pushes, but they're not really doing it for EA. So people are, I mean, for for um, NBA Live, which Live. they should, right. which they should. It feels like they've kind of gone into it feeling defeated before they even got into the race, and that and well, that is not really not really good for them. I mean, the th- the thing is that they they know that live's not going to sell as well as 2K, and 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 really, when you get a push, when you get a marketing push, it's me. It means that you have a marketing budget, and and, and live's marketing budget is is little to non-existent. Um, I know that on the press row show, we talked about how we haven't seen any kind of marketing material. Uh, recently, I have seen one commercial for NBA Live, but it's on NBA TV, which is, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to have target marketing, that is the one place that you should have it um, for your NBA game is on NBA TV. And it was a it was a damn good commercial. It was a really good looking commercial. Um, and that's the you know, that's the thing about live. Um, and if I could speak to one of our former guests and Bricagoans, um Directly, Ben Hamilla, uh, producer of the uh, one of the producers on the Madden series, is if you can get a, a word over to some of your guys in in the building for NBA Live, um, the thing that I would that I would suggest is scrapping if you're if you're going to have a game or if you're trying to produce a game for next year, scrapping the actual retail version of the game and don't even release an NBA game and just release a Mutt and Pro-Am simulator. So you can do you can do Mutt and you can play your games with Mutt, but just do the just do the Pro-Am part and don't worry, don't focus on the actual playing games on the court NBA style of stuff. And release, you know, release a digital only title for twenty, for twenty bucks, and see if that takes takes hold of the community, and see if the community kind of gravitates towards that. Because the pro am mode is really good. If you guys spend your time and your energy making that better, 
then I think you you may have something there that people will like and people will gravitate towards so that you can potentially regain a community and rebuild that trust so that you can go back in the future, maybe 18 or 19 and have an actual an actual game that is on par um, both technically with the 2K series, but also but also it have a realistic expectation that it can compete in a, in in this in the sales uh, arena with 2K. You should you should give a quick uh, uh, kind of overview of what Mutt is for people who don't. Oh know. oh okay oh uh, well I said I said Mutt but it it really is but I said but um, <laughs> it's stupid <laughs> it's um so that's their that's the ultimate team uh their cards revenue generating um arm of all of EA sports games so in in FIFA and Madden and hockey and uh and live they have this version where you can play with cards and you can you know spend some money to open more packs and you can do different things and it and you know it's really kind of taken a whole of the entire and the entire sports sports genre um people are people are playing with cards and and the um publishers really like it because it it's a revenue center it's a revenue generator so um, i mean i think i think really quickly because i know we got, we have to pivot to music yeah. uh i think and shout out to ben on that because that's that that is actually really good advice that i would say as a as a non person who is making games that i'm talking a bunch of shit out of right. my butthole. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, hey ben i know all the things you should possibly do right. and help them out with their stuff when you have other stuff you got to handle um right. but <laughs> But I would say this to to the folks who are over there, Ryan Santos and the rest of the cats who are over there. Here's my want to kind of bolster your game is I want for one year and one year only. If you feel like it's not necessarily going to make it to the next year, if you think the series is not going to continue to go on, because we know that the higher ups are looking at the money. Right. And if you're not profitable, they're not going to they're not going to continue to give you the funding that you need. I would like to see an all out assault on all things PR for next year. Do all the background stuff you possibly can to make your game better. Do all the, the under under the hood stuff to make the game better and, and, and more dope. I'm trying not to say dope because everybody keeps telling me dope is, is I say dope a lot. So dope, 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 dope. Tremel, that's for you. What up, Tremel? That's for you, Tremel. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my counter down to, to under 10. Um, Impossible. I'm, I'm currently at six, so I'm, I have I have four more to go. Um, but I, this, I I remember seeing this week the Star Wars trailer during Monday Night Football, right? And the 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 amount of attention that that got because one it's Star Wars and everyone was super excited for it, but right. placing it in a spot where you can't not see it, you can't not see it. I remember the 2K did something to that effect during the NBA Finals. I would love to see I would love to see NBA Live do something to that effect. Put it at the the biggest prime time event that you possibly can find where you think that people who would be interested in your game would be able to see it and just go ham and just go super hard, make the best trailer you possibly can. Do some joint that's like, "Yo, we put the trailer up, go play it now." Right. You know, it's already up for download. You can go you can go download it now or demo now, something like that. 
and just give him everything in one shot and like blow blow it all in in in, in one fell swoop and see if you can get as many people interested in your game as possible because I think that there's a lot of meat on the bone. I just don't think that they're giving us as consumers a lot of reason to care. Mm. And yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm hoping for. So That's a good point. So, so I I think what what they should do is sponsor the premiere of Love and Hip Hop on BET and they'll get everybody that plays a basketball game. Um, that was that was racist. That was racist. <laughs> Hey blacks, right? Hey, the blacks. Hey, but but all but you're black. black. But you're black. Hey Negroids, go out there and go play our game. For you the know, you but no, but you black under the basketball. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christmas! Welcome to hey. the most racist show on the internet. <laughs> that was some self hating shit. Yes, anyway. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, oh my God, we're like we're like this, is like the Raven Simone Boo Boo episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Anyway, yeah, you, you know why? Um, music break will explain why. <laughs> so, so we'll we'll uh, we'll let the music explain why I can say stuff like that, and you guys are gonna listen to it right about now. To the rhythm, back and forth like a pendulum swinging. To the beat, competition, don't, don't mention them. A full course MC, y'all just continental them. Posted at the bar, but you only cop the minimum while looking at me. Like, what the fuck's gotten into them? They can't get a handle on the solid foundation me and mine's standing on. Bringing it live with no disguise or camouflage. Drop the yo yo and stop niggas from putting sandals on. We handle laws from booking the rhyme management, killing the whack. And now, you a prime candidate for your weak shit that makes the crowd stand in anime. But at our shows, they stand adamant. Tay got the corner blitz on. Got your quarterback scrambling, checking the sideline to see just what the fuck is happening. Wanna get my playbook and examine it. Connected, $12.99 plus shipping and handling, nigga. Everybody wanna walk like, talk like. Fuck around, get etched out and chalk like. Down south, homeboy, we do it all night. Now tell me what you really know about this raw life. Everybody gonna walk like, talk like. Fuck around, get etched out and chalk like. I'm done with you, from Joe Scudder, Mr. Shoot the One with you, get it in with you, forget you, put your little album out, who really cares what your shit do, fall off in a year, who gon' miss you, while everything Tay and Scudder do is official, and when you gon' learn, play with fire, get burned, settle down kiddo, wait your fucking turn, go back to the lab, get your rhymes right, and don't be mad because we just your line. Like, got your own team saying I shit bang over here, over there. That's the foreign exchange. Ain't nothing you can pull, try to do a fucking say. No. Cats ripping overseas tracks by Nicolay. This shit gon' blow. I tell you how this shit'll go with Joe Scudder and Tigolo the rap Jigolo. Check it out. Everybody wanna walk like, talk like, fuck around, get etched out and chalk like. Down south, homeboy, we do it all night. Tell me what you really know about this raw life. Everybody gonna walk like, talk like, fuck around, get etched out and chalk like. Down south, baby boy, we do it all night. Tell me what you really know about this raw life. Tell me what you really know about this raw life. Tell me what you really know about this raw life. Welcome back to the Spawn Army Podcast. This is episode 83, featuring myself, Stubby Stan, the Great One, and our, our uh, you know, magnanimous captain, Khalif Adams. Hither, hither. Right. 
Iambic uh, pentameter. <laughs> and uh, I hope you enjoyed that music break. Of course you did. Of course you did. That is these. This group is one of my seriously one of my favorite favorite groups uh, because not only do they do hip hop, um, which you which you just got to hear in Raw Life, um, which was the name of that track, um, but they are amazing R&B and soul and funk artists. Uh, this is the Foreign Exchange. So check out their music wherever you are. Uh, Amazon, Google, iTunes, wherever you are, go out and and pick up uh, an album or two or seven of the Foreign Exchange. You will not be disappointed. Uh, this again was uh, the record was called Raw Life, and I want featuring everyone, Joe Joe Scudder. I want everyone in Chicago to tweet at Fonte so you can get him on the show. Word, word, yes, tweet at Fonte's and so we can get Fonte on the show because Fonte is the illest. I don't even know if he games, but I just want to talk to Fonte. Fonte does game. I, I happen to I happen to know that we. Um, I'm a couple of degrees removed from Fonte, but um, he still don't be checking for me. Yo, what up, Fonte? <laughs> Fonte <laughs> low, anyway. Right. <laughs> um, so let's get let's get back to news before we uh, fall fall further off further into the rabbit hole. Uh, back in the news, Kyle. What, what's what's the next story that we're going to talk about? Oh, so we wanted to get into our friend Mike Bithell's new announcement. So there was some scuttlebutt. I love that word. That's such a great word. Scuttlebutt is an amazing word. It is. A, it is a very good word. Very so, good word. so we had uh, English, Mike on English for the win. Yes, word English for the win. Oh, uh, boo boo. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had Mike Bithell on the show. Uh, definitely check out that episode because it was a lot of fun. Mike is yes. great. We talked a little bit about his new his new game, which is no longer new, but still semi new, uh, right. which is volume. Um, and, you know, there are a couple of things that he was talking about. I spoke to him at E3 and we were chatting about some stuff and there's some conversations that were going around. And, you know, there was a, a quick conversation that happened about him maybe doing some things in VR in, in conjunction with volume. And he basically got on Twitter and said, hey. Uh, Valium is going to have some DLC that's going to be based on VR and it's going to be coming with PlayStation VR. So that got announced. It's called Coda. It's a story expansion for the game. Um, it's another part of the top down uh, element. It's called the troubleshooter. It's a story of a master puzzle solver called the troubleshooter and it contains 30 new missions. It has a new plot um, and it's set uh, with a different cast. That is not the one that is already in uh, the main game of Loxley and the rest of the people who are in there. Um, so it'll be free for all PS4 volume owners. It will also support uh, the, the PlayStation uh, VR support, which I think is going to be really interesting because besides all the other um, additional stuff that's already in there, because it's user created stuff that's in volume at this point, people have been making uh, puzzles in that game themselves. User, I'm sorry, user generated maps and some other stuff that's already going to be in there. This is going to be pretty big for a game that really fits that aesthetic. You know, like when you think of uh, VR in the way that we kind of normally do, not the stuff that's necessarily been done in Oculus and stuff with HTV uh, Vive and stuff like that. But in the early initial phases of what we thought VR was to be, it was kind of all these uh, fractal kind of uh, aesthetics where it was a lot of linear lines and a lot of neon and, and, and that kind of stuff where you always thought of 
the minority report versions of VR. And I think this kind of harkens back to that in some aspect, which will actually benefit it. And I think it'll actually do really well as one of the kind of newer aspects of the new game space that we're all going to hopefully be playing in soon. If it, if it gets down in market price where we can afford it. Um, so super excited about that. Um, and super excited about what could possibly be coming about from PlayStation VR, especially because the person who was working on this particular game with Mike Bithel was on the team that did No Man's Sky. So I'm going to do my first costications of 2015 and say the reason why I think uh, uh, No Man's Sky is being held for a little bit longer is they want to talk about its integration with PlayStation VR. I don't think that people who work on teams and do cross collaborative efforts don't use the same tech. I think they do kind of pick and, and, and dig into that tech and then talk about how they can use it on their own projects. So I'm going to go out there on a limb and say there will be some PlayStation VR stuff with no man's sky. So I don't know. What do you think? See about all that stuff that I just dur, rambled on. Dur, dur. Wow. Um, I, I guess my first question is, how do you think Coda will operate in the world of volume? Because, you know, volume is like, was it three quarter isometric? It's not oh, you mean, oh, you mean VR or, or you said because you said in volume, not VR. Yeah. 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 So how well. So Coda is an add on for mm-hmm. volume, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. VR add on. Right. Like I so volume is three quarters it's like a three quarter top down isometric mm-hmm. view game. Mm-hmm. It's not first person. So when typically when you think of VR stuff, you think of first person. So so basically Coda is going to be a first person version of volume. I think I think it may be well it's DLC it's let's, let, let me just clarify. It's DLC for volume, but it will have PlayStation VR support. So that's a, that's a very big distinction. So okay. I think it will be isometric three top, three quarters down. I think you would, I think the way you could work that really well is that if you do have it in a float space in front of you, where you can see the whole map where you're not looking straight down on it, but you're looking at it from an, up, from an over the top angle. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can then manipulate the spaces. If you've played, if you've played value, you know, it's about hiding and seeking. It's about moving in between the, 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 the views of the centuries and making sure that you're not being caught by their view and their right. vision cones and things like that. I think there are ways to manipulate that space in, in a three D uh, 3d VR environment that is not a uh, first person. So I think you can do it. I just okay. think, and I think it'll be really interesting to, to play that game from that particular perspective if they get it right. So we'll okay. see. We don't know yet. It's still a little bit too early to find out, but I think there is a way to make that happen. Okay. Um, I guess then my next question is when do you, since, since we've got some costications now, um, when do you uh, cognosticate this, this stuff to be releasing? I think we'll hear more info about it during the PlayStation experience in December. Fair point. Uh, uh, I think that we will not see it out in retail until maybe next year, uh, December or something to that effect. Oh, really? I, I, I don't like, think it's, I don't think it's ready yet. Like, I think it's out there. There are, there are enough demo units that you right. could see it and play it and mess around with it. 
I just don't know if there are enough titles to go along with it that will support it yet that would okay. that would that you would be able to play with it at this point. But I do think the hardware will see a lot more of it during E3 next year. Right. But I don't I don't think that it's going to be ready to be in people's hands until probably end of next year. So holiday 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 2016. Holiday 2016 I think will be the time that we actually start to play around with it because think about this too. So Besides uh, Coda being announced, that's also going to be uh, with the Vita version of uh, Valium, which is supposed to come out as well. We still have to talk about Dreams from Media Molecule. That's going right. to get talked about during uh, Paris Week. Uh, I think that's coming up next week, I think. Yes, yeah. Uh, so Paris Week, they're going to do a blowout of that with PlayStation VR because we know that's in that. Um and there are some other things I think are probably going to be up the sleeves of the folks at Sony where they're going to hold it for a little bit. And again, I, I really do think that the reason we haven't gotten that date for No Man's Sky yet is because they want to do some collaborative tie in with PlayStation VR. I think it's going to happen. So uh, so are you saying and, and I'm going to help you along here. So are you saying at um, the PlayStation experience, we will see. Uh, no more No Man's Sky and then No Man's Sky in PlayStation VR and, I, at, along with a release date for No Man's Sky I think it, I mean I think hmm I think it would be I think it would be smart to announce a date at for both for No Man's Sky at PlayStation Experience I think you have the whole stage to yourself Right. You have a, you have a whole uh, conference that's just for you, right? You, everyone is still waiting for that date, and it's a good time to to drop it and release it. Um, so maybe I think I think maybe it might it might be the perfect time to do it. I don't see why not. You have the whole stage to yourself at that point. No one, you're not fighting anyone else for press time. You're not fighting anyone else for 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 other space about your games. Right. We talked about a heavy kind of indie influence in. Uh, PlayStation experience is supposed to be happening in December, early December. So we'll see. I think it's going to be um, interesting to see where they where they place it and and if they do talk about that, if it is real, being a part of it. Because think about it, what is the only other? Th- There's two other things that can be discussed about No Man's Sky that that actually makes sense and that will actually get people excited. And one is the release date, and two is VR. Those are the only two other parts now right. that people can talk about No Man's Sky and, and still be excited because everyone is kind of tired of talking about No Man's Sky unless you're talking about either one of those things. You're you're correct, sir. You're I am correct, correct as as usual. Uh yeah. yeah. Something something like that. Um you know, but uh let's let's talk about some gangster shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like gang like gangster boogie? Like yeah, gangster? Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, not gangster biatches. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, we will not. We will not play Apache on this show, right? Um, but uh, um, so, um, let's see. YouTube, there is YouTube Red. Let's talk YouTube Red, right? Um, what What is YouTube Red, Ka? So YouTube has decided. They said. <laughs> They said they, they were like, "Hey, you gotta kiss the ring." Yeah, right. <laughs> they, they said they basically basically made a, a subscription based service that is ten bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will remove ads, uh, so you get no ads on your YouTube videos. Which I'm I'm not sure why people are not using things that would take ads away. Anyway, right. <laughs> um, 
So it's going to take away ads and it's basically going to give you content that you wouldn't necessarily get that's original content. Um, that's cool for people who want to spend 10 bucks a month on YouTube stuff. I, I'm not sure I understand that just yet. I haven't seen enough original content that would make me feel that that's worth 10 bucks a month that I'm not getting from dope places like, like Netflix. That's seven. Um, but I think the really interesting part of this conversation is how it's going to kind of infect, uh, YouTube gaming. Right. Uh, so what it does is if you do not subscribe and you do not buy in, if you're making content and you have ads, ad revenue coming on, or you want ads or you have ads on your stuff, uh, you basically can't opt out. You can't opt out of not being in YouTube red because if you do, what they'll do is shut your channel down by making your videos private. So, <laughs> I, I, so basically it's like, you have to kiss the ring, get in with the YouTube folks and say, I'm going to let them take either. Cause that's the, the hard part right now is not necessarily the fact that they're taking a cut, right? They were, they were, they've always been taking a cut, right? It's just a matter of now what YouTube content is going to both be allowed to be on how much of a cut is going to be taken from this point forward. Now that YouTube red is a thing, I would think that it would be something where it would be where it behooves the, the content creators, because if not, then why would you, why would you keep your videos on YouTube? I mean, if you've already built your, 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 your fan base on YouTube, you can't really leave. Right. You know, if you're not a Twitch star already. So it puts those people in a really bad, uh, a bad spot. But the thing I'm really uh, curious to know and curious to kind of find out is what does this actually mean for the, for the new created content? Like we see with PewDiePie doing his original content called uh, uh, the internet scares PewDiePie, which he's, he's an anomaly at this point, right? So he's not going to necessarily be affected either way. He can only get more money from this, but it's the younger cats, the, the, the smaller cats, like even, a, even a, a team spooky, who, whom, if you're not familiar with Team Spooky, Team Spooky, shout out to those fact, uh, fo- folks back out in New York, Arturo and 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 uh, Spooky out there uh, in New York, who are the main dudes who stream everything for the fighting game communities. Like they are the folks who are, if you if you're looking at any big named tournament, they are the ones who are who are the ones who are more than likely streaming it and putting that content together. Um. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that winds up playing itself out. My question to you is what would be the benefit besides revenue that you would see a person saying, "Hey, I'm new to YouTube. I want to get on 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 track with you guys. Do you feel like it would be something for new creators to kind of jump on and find any other benefits besides just, you know, knowing that your stuff is hopefully going to get marketed to?" Yes. So it, it, it's that's a it's a tough question to answer. Um, but but the the knee jerk reaction is is yes, because YouTube is the established brand. This is the place where people go. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I talk to. Or anytime uh, my girlfriend's kids talk to people about the fact that I have a gaming podcast and they come back and talk to me, they're, they they ask me two questions. The first is, um, what's your Twitch handle? And then the second is, what's your YouTube handle? And they, they're not necessarily in that order. 
Um, sometimes they're, you know, in, in opposite orders. And, and but the but the expectation is that if you're doing anything with entertainment and the Internet, that you're doing it on YouTube. Mm. So um, and because of that, YouTube knows YouTube knows we make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> um, so so that uh, y- you've you've got to go in. And and you have to pay the piper. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna wind up using lots of mafia terms as I sit here and and talk and talk about talk about uh, you know what YouTube's doing. And the reason the reason is is because they have a monopoly without actually having a monopoly. Mm. Um, they they are such the recognized brand that they can come out and say, well, look, this is the service that we're going to do. Um, this is, you know, this is what we're doing. And if you're, if you want to be a content creator, um, this is how you're going to have to do things. The, the, the curious thing is not why, why you would sign on as a creator. Um, because you, you know, you sign on because you want to be on YouTube period. Mm -hmm. And, and you want to be on YouTube because this is the place where you're going to be able to generate the most revenue period. Um, and, and have, and have lots of flexibility. You can do uh, comedy content. You can do, you know, weird content. You can do gaming content. You can do all of the different content that you want, um, unlike Twitch. Um, but the real question is whether or not, what's the viability of YouTube Red as a service? Right. Um, you know, like you said, you, uh, you know, outside of PewDiePie, who is, who is an anomaly, um, you know, how is... YouTube, how is Google and YouTube going to galvanize a community that is used to that that has either uh, grown used to the fact that you have ads every now and then when you watch a YouTube video or have you know found a way to circumvent the, the ads? How are you going to convince them that they now need to spend ten dollars a month to watch this thing that they've been watching for free? Um, and, and if they aren't successful in convincing the community of, to do that, then what happens to all of these people that they've strong armed into signing these contracts for this YouTube red service? The other part of that conversation is we know that YouTube has been notorious for blocking things because of their content IDs. The content ID stuff is going to be something that we're going to see either maybe expanded upon or, you know, maybe it's going to be um, kind of kind of changed in some ways, which I find is going to be really interesting to have those conversations with YouTubers at that point to see where the boundaries lie, you know? Like, is it something where you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff that before was able to be kind of seen uh, before? Or is it going to be something that's going to be something different that we're going to have to keep that they're going to have to keep kind of checking for. So I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting conversation. It'll be something that we'll, we'll be kind of keeping abreast upon and abreast of and seeing what's um, changing in that space. And hopefully we get some YouTubers on the show. uh, Yeah, that would be, that would, that would be great. Um, Right now, uh, Jimmy Carter's at your house building a habitat for humanity. So basically, (laughs) Oh, it's the Woody Woodpecker Show. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, um, yeah. So. That's that's the internet trolling me right now. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. That, well, this uh, the YouTube mafia is coming uh, coming to your house. They're, They're probably knocking on my door right now. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's. I would love to if you if you guys uh, in Chicago are uh, YouTubers that are generating revenue. Um, and or you know of some YouTubers that uh, that are generating revenue, we would love to talk to them. We would love to talk to them about this. We would love to talk to them about um, what they're doing. We just love talking to people. So, um, you know, um, push them our way, and uh, let's see if we can't make that happen because I would love to sit down and, and have a conversation. Quick aside, what fucking world do we live in that... Th- being an internet celebrity or an internet content creator is is like a viable profession. Like, I mean, the fact that you're talking about Team Spooky, did you think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we just recently celebrated mm-hmm. the uh, Back to the Future Day. You know, mm-hmm. the day has come and gone now, if you're unaware of, you know, Back to the Future 2, they went to the future 30 years into the future. It was a completely different world. Dogs and cats were sleeping together. The Cubs had won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, that day has come and gone. The future is here. The future is now. When you saw that movie initially back in 89 or whenever you saw that movie, you thought about that date. You thought about October 21st in 2015 and you had an idea of what the world would be like. Um you know, obviously, your idea of what the world would be like when you originally thought about that date and what the world is today are two completely different things. Never in my life, in my wildest dreams, that I think about um, seriously being excited for the the opportunity to interview someone named PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, think. I mean, well, look. I mean, in the same in the same vein that. You know, we talk about tubers and twitchers, right? Which sound like drug addicts. Exactly. Exactly. We're podcasting. You know what right. I mean? Like right. we're, we're we're creating digital content that people right. enjoy and people consume and people look at and ask about us in spaces that we are not even physically in. Right. So. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my finger. I'm gonna point it at myself, and I'm gonna say, "What are those?" Oh God! <laughs> now I now I hate you. Yes. <laughs> now I hate you. That's that's when you know it's time to end the show. Right. That's when you know it's time to end the show. When you say a meme on the goddamn show, it's time to end the show. Right. So, uh, if you could give the beautiful people at home the social media business, we will end episode eighty three of Spawn I, I can uh, shout out to. Number eighty three, JJ Stokes. Uh, wherever you are, uh, I hope you're. Uh, you're you're like well. a you're like a football number pachinko machine. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, especially for forty nine ers. That's um, true. That's so true. so anyway, um, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow us uh, at Spawn on Me. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Spawn on Me. Uh, you can find our great captain at Kajakins. You can find me, the uh, most racist person you know, at Stubby Stan on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you can. <laughs> Um, you can uh, make sure you find our our network home at ESN FM and uh, find us on iTunes for the show and uh, Stitcher and uh, player.fm all those great places where you find uh, podcasts 
Make sure you subscribe and rate and review and share the show. Do all that stuff. Find our merch at Redbubble. Um, find our Patreon. Help us keep the lights on in Bricago. Keep the buses running at patreon.com slash spawn on me. And if you have any content or any questions or anything like that, go to spawnon.me, our website, and send us messages. Send us speak pipes. Send us things. Telegrams. I don't give a fuck what it is. Send it to us. We yeah. love you. And when we when we push out um, a couple of quick things, a couple of editor's notes, when we push out the show, we're going to be doing it directly from our site links. So yeah. if you see spawnon.me links, those are coming directly from our site. We're not really putting that content uh, on a specific blog on the site as far as like putting it where... You know, you can see a whole large feed. You will see the first show or the most late, the, the, the latest show on the homepage, as well as the last three. But you'll also see and hear people banging in the background of our show. Right. Right. But uh, but you'll but, you, but you'll Kai, see the you'll, go ahead. Kai is Kai is about to audition for Stomp. they've come come to his house basically (laughs) cause causing the portland the portland edition of blue man group (laughs) it's like the fucking fiddler on the roof in my goddamn apartment complex right now if i was Uh, a rich boy (laughs) (laughs) um uh, yeah, so please, uh, yes, check out the show on our site when we throw those links up and share that because the reason we're doing that specifically is we want more traffic driving to the site so that when we go to the folks who run E3 and New York Comic Con and all that yeah. place, they can say, hey, these guys have uh, a fair amount of views on their site. So that way we can get into those events and then bring right. you more content. Right. Also help check us out help, help you. Yeah, and then also check out our uh, Instagram page. Our Instagram account is Spawn right. on Me. We have one of those now. We'll be putting out more content uh, directly from my iPhone uh, right. and stuff. And then uh, you can send us pictures and not send us terrible ones in return. So that'll be cool. Right on. That would be dope. Uh, so, word, thank you so much, Ricardo. Uh I have kept my uh, D-O-P-E uh, counter under 10. <laughs> so take that, Tramel Isaac. Take that. Take that, take that, in the words of Diddy. Um, this has been episode 83 of our show. Thank you so much, Chicago. We love you all. We will see you all next week. And we say peace. Hey.